Lucy. <laughs> hey, hello everybody. Welcome. Yes, it is Thursday. It is 9 p.m. So it is UK Cowboys time. You right, guys? How are we all doing? I'm doing good. Good. One week closer to draft season. Mm, really getting yes. to the thick of it now. The, the yes. clock is ticking. Uh, what are we now? What was the date? 28th. So we're 21 days away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the beast is out. So that's something important Oof. to get on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, welcome everybody, guys. It's good to see all the names coming in and all the regulars. Uh, great to see you. Y'all, yes, this week, guys, we are looking at under-the-radar players and day three prospects that all of us like. You guys at home as well, if uh, you want to get involved, just send us, tell us what you think, guys, in the first round and in day three that you like and are going under the radar. Um, Yes, good to see you, DJ Jog. But we always start off with the usual, the uh, and it is much to talk about the news and updates guys uh so first of all i'll get everyone's take on this one uh <laughs> uh dak video showing of dak throwing out uh, in the practice um at the star looking strong looking good mm. what, what do you guys all take i know it's just him standing there throwing the ball but what do you guys all think he's looking good yeah it's yeah, got to be yeah. encouraging it's got to be encouraging seeing your your 160 million quarterback back on his feet throwing the football. Um, <laughs> granted, it was it was only it was a shift in the feet stuff. Certainly, I've seen you know the the quick out uh, from, yeah. from under centre, um, yeah. but it's all good. It's all encouraging, and can't wait to see him back under centre. There, there is a there is a second video which hasn't been shared as much, but um, it shows him doing three step drops. Nice. And he's, he's he's looking strong as well there. There is a little bit. I would say there's a little bit of favour in the leg, but um, you know that's that's to be expected at this time of year. Don't yeah. think he'll be. Still don't think he'll be doing anything before training camp, even if. Well, we don't know what's going on at the moment. They're preparing for a virtual off season, but um, hopefully there is going to be OTAs this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. From I mean, from what I've heard, that there, there is going to be OTAs and an off season program. Um, I think it's more the the finicky details uh, of what it is they got to iron out. But I I certainly don't think, from what I've heard and what I've seen, it's going to be like last year where it was just yeah. like, eh. yeah. they, they seem a bit more organised <laughs> now. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and you've got the likes of, of you know the major baseball leagues starting and. They're doing all that sort of thing. And you think that by the time the Cowboys kick in with that, you're looking, you know, July time um, when you're going to training camp. By then, they should have it completely solidified in what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, looking I strong. That, got to take um, on. Go, go on, Greg. Go on. saw that Daniel Jones has gone out with his receivers to Arizona, I think it is, for a, a throwing session. Not too yeah. concerned about Dak not throwing to his guys because they're all returning. You know, it's different if you're you're linking up with a, a new number one and a number two, a couple of tight ends. So the only real addition is Jarwin when you consider that he was out for most of the season and mm-hmm. um but he knows he knows Blake Jarwin anyway, so there's not gonna be any unfamiliarity or anything like that. Yeah, it's do, funny do, do, though. Go on, go on, Brian. Don't, don't forget our newly acquired blocking tight end. 
we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to the we'll get to the signings as well. That is in the mix. But it's funny you mention it's funny that you mention uh, Jarwin. I was thinking this the other day that everybody seen the video of Dak, and yet Blake Jarwin's been out all season with a torn ACL, yep. and there's no news. Nobody's even asked about him, and it's like, yeah. uh, okay. Is he all right? And, uh, all I've had when I've asked is, yeah, he's fine. And you're like, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Was it not Jarwin that was taking the receptions yesterday? Or was one of the one of the other receivers? I don't know. I thought it was just anybody. I don't think it, didn't yeah. think it was anybody. In yeah. I think it was just some dudes catching balls for him, you know. Yeah, maybe no, equipment th- equipment I, guys. Yeah, no, I thought I thought I'd seen something like that that Jarwin was working with him or something like that. But no, what hand up could be totally wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, um, but also um, a couple of things uh, as well. Uh, there's been a couple of rule uh, change. So at the moment, they're just because uh, you get them every year. The owners mm. get together, the owners meet, and they talk about rule changes. So the first one is the overtime rule. I don't know if you've heard about this one. The Panthers yeah. have come forward with it, and it is funky. It's got XFL written all over it. Yeah. Uh, the basically, <laughs> what they're saying, that during the coin toss at halftime, what they want to propose is the winner of the coin toss chooses whether you want it to go on your 10-yard line or the opposition's 10-yard line. So if they get to choose that, the opposition then decides to choose whether they're playing offense or defense. Mm-hmm. Spicy. <laughs> it's it's um, yeah. different. different. Yeah, yeah. XFLE. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, to, to say the uh, least. I, I'm, taking the, I'm taking the ball every single time and twice on Sunday. I don't care where, where it's lined up. Uh, I am not going to vote for the other team. <laughs> when, when, Simple as that. when you said XFL, Mike, I thought you were talking about they were all going to run from the, their 35 yards to the mid to the halfway line to try and get the ball and oh, play to get the ball. ball or some yeah. shit like what, that. What do they call Friggin that? Hell. Like chasing the turkey or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no. there's that. There's also <laughs> another rule change, and that is with jersey numbers. And that has sparred up uh, a bit of controversy this week in Cowboys mm-hmm. Nation because uh, it, it was told that um, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, that's it. It's set in stone. They cannot change that. But what they wanted to change is the rules on uh, wide receivers, quarterbacks, uh, linebackers, wide receivers, to open up more uh, of uh, a range of numbers for them, which then meant that Jalen Smith put a picture up of him wearing number nine. And, of course, yes, there's still a lot of people whose hearts are uh, still in Tony Romo land. So, uh, yeah, bear in mind, I'm probably certain Jalen Smith wasn't thinking that. What you got to remember is he wore number nine in Notre Dame. Isn't this just another example of Jalen being Jalen and not thinking? A little bit. Just being entirely <laughs> stupid. As you say, yes, he did wear a nine at college, and it's yeah. understandable. 
But I suppose you can't forgive him and give him a mulligan in that he didn't really play with Tony Romo. No, so, and he's not a quarterback, so he's not going to overtake yeah. his stats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it is the reason why he wears 54, too. Yeah. Um, he's I got mean, some I, affinity with the nine. I get why he's done nine, but nine hasn't been retired. It's exactly. Not like, you know, it's not yeah. like... No, he's done something unsacred, you know. Yeah. Like he has an affinity with nine. Yeah, um, I think of the twelves around the league. You know, it's yeah. not like Tom Brady owns number twelve. So, nah, mm. just kind of, yeah. kind of, I, I kind of pass it off as the quiet season the, of the, the NFL. The Cowboys, the, the Cowboys don't retire numbers at all. No, but, I mean, they've yeah. never retired a never, number. You'll never see anybody wearing number seventy-four in a regular season game. You'll see it in preseason. You won't see it in a regular season, mm. and you'll never. You'll probably never see somebody wearing number twelve. Yeah. Twenty-two. Twenty-two's been used a couple of times. I uh, yes, at the moment I don't think eight, but mm. I th- you know I, I, I 12, 12 and uh, seventy-four are the two that obviously will never get used. Um, and Lauren, don't forget number thirty-eight. That wasn't given out last season. <laughs> I mean, like I mean, what all you've got, what 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 it is is, I just think it's the recency uh, issue. Is that there are a lot of people who are Cowboys fans right now that are just they grew up with Tony Romo, and so the love and the heart with Tony Romo is there, and plus Tony Romo if you think about the team, was probably one of the best players they've ever seen. So there's all of that going on. Because, like, bear in mind, there there are players wearing... I mean, Jalen Smith is wearing 54, which which some people may or may not know is synonymous with the Cowboys. So you're arguing about him wearing nine. He's wearing 54. Last year... I I would argue that 88 is more sacred than nine. 88 is a no example. But so, people made a fuss about that. Yeah. Thank people you. made a fuss about that. We made a fuss about, about it on draft night. We, yeah. We, we, we like, made the comment, would he get 88? Yeah, we, we did. Uh, and here's another example. We did a post yesterday for Tony Dorsett, number 33. That's Cheeto's number. He's not even on the team anymore. Nobody batted an eyelid with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, and then, and then you've got you've got Darren you've got Darren Woodson's number twenty eight, who last year was being yeah. used by Darrell Worley, you know, and exactly he he did nothing to service the jersey. That nah, it's, oh. it's quiet season. It's as simple as that. It's quiet season. Yeah, just, we're looking for stuff to talk about prior to the draft. I think yeah. that's. And I, I, I just think a lot of it is just people go, "You can't wear nine. That's Tony Romo's jersey," and it's like, "Sorry, there's." There's like numbers that are sacred to the Cowboys that are being used, and you're not really caring about it, you know, or not yeah. caring. Ha, it's gone by the wayside. So, uh, yes, we are not going to worry. But yeah, there you go, dog. Just making some examples, yeah, uh, as well. But um, big news that happened draft-wise that is going to shake up everybody's mock draft. Uh, Sam Darnold trade. What does everybody make of the Sam Darnold trade? That was a bit interesting, wasn't it? It got us all talking yep. in the week. Huge win for the Panthers. The Jets being Jets. Um, the, the Panthers <laughs> solved so many problems. 
Um, they can they can still go ahead and use eight. They can they can bring in a luxury pick at eight now. Uh, the Jets spiral jumping from quarterback to quarterback, not giving any of them any amount of time. No wonder they're in, they're picking second in the draft. No wonder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I, th- it's... I think it, I think in some respects it's a win. It's a win for the Jets as well because. You know, this is a. They've got a new coaching staff in. Um, you know, they they'll want their own player in and taking taking the snaps now. Uh, you know, they've managed to get some collateral for him. It's not a case that they're actually going to have to offload him at any point. Um, the Panther, the Panthers are actually they're exercising the the fifth year option as well. So they've got him for two yes. years, perhaps even extend it. Make it a bit that. easier on the cap as well. Yeah. The the big thing with the Panthers though is they've also got Teddy Bridgewater. So at the moment he's I think he's counting twenty seven million on the cap. He's obviously not going to be the starter this year, I don't think. Because unless unless it's open open season for um your starting QB, I, you know, I think the the fact that they've expressed or that they've put three draft picks into picking up Darnold. Um, suggests that he's probably coming in looking to be the starter. Um, so you're going to have a backup that's costing 27 million, um, or you've got to trade him, and it'll be a 10 10 million dollar uh, hit on the cap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a huge it's a huge bonus for Darnold. He's now got a 1500 yard running back. He's got a thousand-yard receiver that he, he knows very, very well, Robbie Anderson. Yep. Yeah, I bet he couldn't believe his luck. To be perfectly and you honest. think as well that that you could turn around and say the Panthers could now go out and uh, and draft an, a, a, one of the top three wide receivers because you could yeah. say let's not worry about quarterback. So Donald now has another weapon again. Yeah, I would or, say that. Or a, or a certain tight end as well that Paul, mm. um, you know, would be quite happy if he's off the board at 10, you know. So. I would say they're well, a player for Penny Sewell or Slater. I, well. I was just going to make this point, right? I would say Sam Darnold is thinking his goddamn lucky stars because he's going, oh my God, I'm not going to see ghosts in the pocket anymore because I'm going to have an O-line. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. I mean, I actually have guys who can block you know, I mean, the Panthers, while it's not the best offensive line, are serviceable. But, I mean, as you say, Penny Sewell, Rashawn Slater, Christian Tarso, who's flying up the boards. Any of those Did guys will you? help. Yeah. Any of them will help. And, um, you know, I mean, back to the Jets, the only team in history who will pick a quarterback within three years within the top three picks in the draft. It's unheard of, and yeah, it's the same old right. Jets over and over again. What what it I, does give is a bit of a question mark, though. Depending on who the 49ers pick at three, if they pick Mac Jones, Jones then mm-hmm. obviously you know there will be people moving around to pick up the other two. Um, but if they don't pick Mac Jones, I don't think Mac Jones will go top ten. I mean. We all commented last week that we thought Matt Jones would, the 49ers could have picked him up at 12 and stayed stayed in position. Um, you know, if if he's not picked up at three, then I think you're probably only talking the four going at um, in the top 10. So again, who, 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 
who gets drafted in place of, of the fifth quarterback in that top ten. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. admittedly, Atlanta have said that they're open to. They've they've been getting phone calls regarding the fourth pick. They're open to offers. And so we might see another trade before before or on the day of the draft. Um, we just need to see who's uh, what the collateral is for that as well. Yes. Um, but, I mean, it's certainly shaken up a lot of the mock drafts. And um, one of the reasons why we held off doing another mock draft, news on that come in, was because the trades were just, and the trade rumours were just crazy. So we just left it. Wait for things to calm down. Dust settles. <laughs> but anyway, in back to Cowboys rather than the NFL. Uh, we've had two extra signings from free agency. We've already talked about Jeremy Sprinkle, the tight end. Um, picked in the first fifth round by Washington. He's only 26 years of age. Uh, for me, I don't know what you guys think, but to me, based on what Blake Bell did, this is a Blake Bell replacement because he does all the same things. Yep. Big time blocker, yep. special teams guy. A lot of people saying certain things about a name. Uh, you've already mentioned, Lorne. Um, yep. Some of it jokingly. Some people are serious, but it's like, no, no. Does not take you out of the tight end market. Not just Kyle Pitts, but beyond in this draft. It's a, he's yeah. a totally different guy. The next guy is quite interesting. Um, so they, they picked up uh, Brian Anger, uh, the punter who was taken in the third round. I checked that. I was like, what? In the yep. third round in 2012 yep. by Jacksonville. Being a Tampa, being a Houston, um, for me, because uh, Niswanda, he, did, he wasn't, he, he was no slouch as a punter last year. He was okay. He held his own. But I think this is good in terms of, creating competition because that's what it's all about yep. and i think that's yeah. what this yeah. signing is all about what do you guys think about both signings yeah hunters are people yeah think... <laughs> <No>, they, <are. laughs> they are people too i think uh i think cowboys media is gonna have some great fun with his second name <laughs> absolutely yep. brilliant uh but like you say mike it's it's camp competition uh this mm -hmm. one there's not good enough to hold down his jersey without without a fight and Anger seems to be the uh, the competition for that. Um, I mean, I, I get that. I get the special teams is a big big part of the game, but you don't want any kind of salary tied up in a punter. I mean, let's be honest. If if you're if you're paying too much for a punter, you've got you've got money to splash around, and we certainly don't. So, um, yeah, part of Chris Jones is kind of. Ousting was his, his cap number. Yep. Yep. Mm. We, we we saved two million on uh, releasing Chris Jones. Um, this guy, I'm assuming he's brought in. He'll be have been brought in at the veteran minimum. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Or yeah. Or the the qualifying veteran minimum as well. So it's only about I think it's eight hundred and fifty on the cap probably. Still to see the mm -hmm. numbers properly, but. It gives it. It means that Niswander's not got the job to himself, and he can't slouch around in training camp. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the only one who seems to have a a straight straight job is obviously Zerline. And um, we're quite happy there. Yep. I 
I'd still be inclined to just bring in a kicker. Just to second say, look, it's your job, but we're prepared just in case you fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... Like, on, look at Dan on. Bailey. Look at Dan Bailey yep. a couple of years ago. He went off the boil, we brought in Mar, and none of us expected Dan to be cut, and he was cut. Mm-hmm. So... Don't be, don't rule out them bringing in another kicker, just for the same reason as we're bringing one in for for this another punter in for this wonder. You gotta say it's not just your job. Yeah, yeah. Free free agent Dan Bailey, who we could bring yeah, in. Yeah, that, that also. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. just, uh, it is a point. It is a point. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's it this week for the news and updates around the league, guys. Uh, as we say, get involved now as we look into it. So I, I'm going to go uh, and start with you, Bry, because you have been away from the show doing stuff mm-hmm. for the draft day show. Um, yeah. In the first round, or a guy who you think is first round worthy, who's a guy at the moment that you feel isn't being talked enough? doesn't necessarily have to be a Cowboys guy, just a guy who's not being talked about. Yeah. I am looking here, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a tip of the hat to your guy, Mike, and I'm going to talk about Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. Mm-hmm. Okay. This year's, this year's Isaiah Simmons, our, our Swiss Army knife, play anywhere type player. Yeah. Um, you know, teams love flexibility. They love someone who yep. can play more than one position. The Cowboys over the years under Rod Marinelli and his goddamn orphan approach. <laughs> and last year under Mike Nolan with his I don't know what system I'm playing and into Dan <laughs> Quinn's. I'm taking a guy who have played as a safety and now I'm going to play him as a will linebacker. Uh, yeah. JOK makes sense. And... Uh, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the most unnatural pick to make. Not a ten, nowhere near a ten. Yeah. But you know, I don't think he's getting a lot of love from anybody. I mean, last year I blew up Isaiah Simmons. I said I think I said he was my second best player in last year's draft. It was Chase Young one and I had Simmons two. Yeah. And the similarities with with Cormoa and Simmons are freaky. Yeah, and that's what you're getting as well at the moment. And really how the linebacker position is morphing. And that's, you know, JOK is, he's that new breed of off-ball linebacker that you're seeing. Um, I I absolutely love him. And I think the Cowboys, if they did take him, is, uh, for me, Awusakuramoa is a better pick in the first round than um, taking Patrick Satane or JC Horn. They upgrade, he upgrades mm. your defense better than a corner. That's my yeah, personal take. I would agree because ultimately you, you, need, you need to build your team from the front. Mm-hmm. The idea of building your team from, from the back is going to get you in trouble because for three or four years we've known we can't stop the run. We don't have linebackers that can stop the run. We don't yeah. have defensive tackles who can stop the run. We don't have another edge opposite to Marcus Lawrence who can yeah. set the edge. Yeah. And teams are killing us with the run. So a corner. How does a, co- how does a corner help you? Yeah. How does not a corner help you defend the run? Yeah, absolutely. So that is why 
Ah, uh, JOK is a good player to be looking at. And that's oh, okay. not just for the Cowboys, that's for any team. Just in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah, about no. you, Lon? A guy in the first round? Who's a guy you feel isn't being talked about enough in the first round? He's he's picked up steam recently, but I mean Vera Tucker, I think, is actually mm. um, somebody yeah. as well. I mean, he's he's got the scope to be playing guard and kicking out to tackle for some teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he's got that position flex, which is something, and I'm pretty sure. I think he also had experience, at least in high school, of playing centre as well. So he's played yeah. every position on I the old line. I think I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. that's that's something that is invaluable, even if, even if he's rusty to begin with. If if something goes happens during the season like we had last year where, mm-hmm. um, you know, we ended up playing guys that, Christ, I was about to hop on a plane and get back, it, it, come out of retirement <laughs> for 15 years or so. Um you know, I think, you know, somebody like that, he's certainly got a lot of position flex and that will make him valuable. Um, you know, so he's certainly somebody to think about. And yeah, again, yeah. As, as Dog says there, I quite like Greg Newsom seems to be picking up steam. He seems to be... He is a little, yeah. Now, now that Farley's mm. dropped, probably along... The, some people have actually said that they prefer him to um, Sartan. Horn is probably their number one... And then it's a sort of, you know, even Sartan or Nisham is a, a sort of um, a tie now. So, you know, he's picking up steam. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Gray? Uh, anybody who you think in the first round just is going slightly under the radar? I know it's the first round, so it's kind of hard. But just a guy you feel. Um, and then I'll give you my guy. Um, for me, you could look at somebody like a Tevin Jenkins. Um, simply because <laughs> simply because he plays yeah. tackle, yeah. Um, like we saw, we saw, and it's a dilution year. of tackles. Exactly, we saw, yeah, we yeah. saw last year. Um, I think January, February last year, we didn't know if there there was going to be any tackles in the top mm. ten, and they, they just seemed to because see because of the, their position, they just seemed to rise up the board. You know, people seem to put. Um, they seem to give them certain uh, leeway because they play tackle. He's for me, he's sitting just outside the top, uh, the first round at the minute. I think if you see a run on tackles in the teens, there's every chance he could creep into the late twenties. Mm-hmm. Tevin Jenkins, uh, he, he's played right tackle from what I know. Um, I think he's got some balance issues, but the size is there to work with. You can mm-hmm. coach balance, you can't coach size. So there's yeah. every chance that Jenkins yeah. will end up in the first round. Yeah, I, I like that. My guy, and I keep talking about him, mine. So, uh, but I, I, I honestly think this guy is going to have an absolute stormer. For me, is Aziz Ojolari. Um, mm. Mainly, yeah. like he, he had, he looked good anyway in general in Georgia, but after he had that uh, pro day with just the numbers and the t- I mean, <laughs> a guy that size with it, all the other things, but the, the, the huge wingspan and the huge arm length um, and moving that, that, that speed too is just absolutely ripping off the edge. And it, not just the Cowboys, because I, I actually think people aren't talking about the Cowboys taking a pass rusher enough. And in a 4-3 defense, 
rotation of defensive line and pass rushers mm. is one of the main yep. things. Yeah, and it was—it's a huge can, part can, of it. Go on, Greg. Uh, Brian. Can I? Can I? Can I actually talk about this because this was something we talked about in in the group ourselves, and we did get yeah. quite heated on this topic. So was it Daniel Jeremiah did the did his draft a couple of days ago and gave us pretty pay? Mm-hmm. Yep. My God, what a dum dum! I mean, if we <laughs> are seriously considering taking another goddamn Michigan defensive end who can not sack the quarterback, who does not have stats, and it's been proven if you can't sack the quarterback in college, you can't do it in NFL, what are we actually smoking? You know, I think this is actually yeah. just a case of let's throw a curveball in here, let's get Cowboys talking, let's, you know, everyone knows the Cowboys are taking corner yeah. or Kyle Pitts. Mm. And you know, it's just a case of how can I get Cowboys people engaged? I'll give them quitty pay. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Brian, yeah. because that's exactly what it is. Um, these yeah. guys have been these guys have been doing mock drafts since uh, the Super Bowl, and it gets to the stage where everything just gets a little bit foggy, a little bit cloudy, and you think, yeah. oh, they've got the Cowboys taking a corner again. That's not sexy. Let's mix it up a yeah. little bit. Let's get the clicks, likes, and shares going again. Uh, I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I don't, I didn't see enough of Quitty Pay this year in any of the Michigan Michigan games that I saw. Yeah, um, like you, Michigan defensive end. I think we've all been badly burned by tackle. Couple of years time, I'll probably be championing a Michigan uh, edge rusher called David Ojabo, who's got Scottish mm-hmm. ties. So, yeah. um, you know, that'll, that'll be somebody I'll be jumping up and down for. Um, <laughs> assume, assuming, assuming he picks up, the, obviously he's, he's a bit behind on the depth chart at the moment, but he's mm. a guy that went across uh, on one of these high school, end, end of high school um, trips to mm. play basketball. And he'd actually got um, a scholarship offers for playing basketball and decided to play American football for a year in high school and absolutely loved it and had some of the big five teams pick it, uh, trying to recruit him. Um, yeah. Obviously, and then he, he, he chose to go to the blue. And the, the only thing I will say is just don't let the part, because Quitty Pay and Taco Charlton are totally different players. And bear in mind... Quitty Pay's being talked about in the early stage of the first round, and Taco was yep. really a back end. He was one of those mm. one slash two type guys. One, two, um, or two. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yes, he was overdrafted, but they're mm. totally different guys. And, like, if you look at the testing numbers with Quitty Pay, you're just like, wow. And, like, uh, I can remember, I, th- I can't remember which bit, I think I was watching his bench press, maybe. No, mm. it was his three cone, and his three cone is unbelievable. It's like faster yeah. than most wide receivers. It is a crazy test that he's done, and you go a guy that size going that fast. And I, we was talking about it in the chat, and I was like, if you want to see a guy that size move that quickly and agile, you think in your mind, what would that look like? And you go, yeah, he's going to be like rip big, just solid. 
that's what Quitty Pay is. He's exactly mm. how you would think a guy of that size that can move yeah. that way. And oh, oh, this year, oh, oh, this year his stats were bad, but look at 2019; they're much better. I know, but that's this is the thing. If you can't do it at college, you're not going to do it at NFL level. It's been I, I, proven time and yeah. again. So I, do... I am not on board with that. I, 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 I would do a mic drop, and I would have to leave the studio if that happened on draft day. Yeah, I do I'd agree with you, and that's why you said it. When we were talking in the in the chat off air, and that was what I was saying, the same as you. That yeah, you look, you know, look, um, uh, that pay stats are bad, but he's everything else is there with him. He's got a lot of things that you tick boxes, but more than anything, what we were just talking about is. You need something that's going to help um, the run defense. That is exactly mm. what Quitty Pay is, and I—that's yeah. why Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah, when he did the mock draft, did that is because Quitty Pay immediately fixes. Doesn't immediately fix, but immediately helps in the biggest problem of the Cowboys' defense, which was rush defense. Yep. So I, th- I yeah. think as I think as well, I sort of warmed him a bit when we when we heard that we're going to be doing still doing this hybrid 3-4-4-3 you know he's he's a guy that can play with his hand on the ground if he needs to but he's he's probably a bit more used to being a two-point sorry edge linebacker Mm -hmm. more than anything else so um, you know he has that ability and that's probably something that would be useful for us because quite frankly I'd like to see Demarcus Lawrence stay with three in a three-point stance. I don't want yeah, to see him up in a three-point doing this bicycle kick and everything like that. So, Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know where you're going with that one. Because uh, one of the, the biggest things with Demarcus Lawrence is setting the edge. He can set the edge. Yep. And even if it's in terms of on the point of attack, like you don't see many runs being effective in that uh, going towards him. <laughs> so that's why, yeah. yeah, I think when he's up on his feet, um, uh, make him a little bit ineffective but yes is there anybody else though guys uh, and I got one guy that I think right I think isn't being talked about enough at all right <laughs> and I, it's not really Cowboys related and I cannot believe that um, North Carolina's running back Javante Williams is not being talked about as RB1 and that sounds yeah. controversial because yep. people are like, nah, no, it's Najee Harris. You know, you get the, the same talk. This guy, yeah. animal. Yeah. I don't think he's been talked about enough. I don't think he's been talked about as a top 15 player. I don't think any of the running backs are top 15 players. I don't know. No. Javante Williams for me is. He, yeah. He's a top 15. That he is an absolute animal. He's an every down threat, always looking for the home run. You can talk about mm. him in pass protection, but he's not bad at pass protection. Just there are lapses at times where he gets strong armed. Yeah. I think it's crazy. Any Anyone for you, though, guys? I'm going to look at a bit of a bit more specialised position. I'm going to look at the two centres and 
Creed Humphrey and mm. Landon Dickerson. Neither mm. of those guys are really being talked about. Yes. Um, yeah. Now, center Love is an Creed unsexy Humphrey. position. Nobody likes talking about it. But when you have a good center, everything works. Your line works because no one is worrying about that guy doing their job. And look at one of the you problems know? the Cowboys had with Tyler Biadish yeah. in, in shock and yeah. snaps. Yeah. Yeah, we did, we discussed this a bit last week. Obviously, I I sort of raised um, a Landon Dickerson's name. Um, he he's as I said, he he played for Florida Florida State and then transferred for his final year as a graduate uh, yeah. graduate to play at Alabama. At Florida State, he was exclusively a guard, so he's a four year guard and he's a one year center. That's right. Um, yeah, you know and we all saw that, you know, obviously went down after tearing his ACL uh, mid-season, but you all saw in that national championship game, the final final snap, he was allowed to go back on the field mm. and take that final snap. Now, that obviously shows that um, he had not only the coaching staff, he had the whole team. Uh, okay, mm. it, was a, it was a victory formation snap and everything like that, but he had the whole team pulling for him to do that yeah. um, you know uh, it's, it's, it's not in the the Alabama coaching staff's uh, usual arsenal to, to do something like that mm. um, so so the guy must really have made a, an impact in his one year there at Alabama and I think you know he's he, so that suggests he's got the leadership skills if he can come back from this ACL um, injury and uh, you know, thankfully, no longer has any future injuries. Then, yes, I think he's he's going to be a, a star for the league. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm not disagreeing with any of that. <laughs> um, but what about you, Gray? Anyone um, else? Just further on down, like a day two guy. That's just you feel not being talked about enough. Uh, another one that comes to mind is Rashad Bateman. Um, yeah, yeah. Size, um, weight. Mentioned in the chat, actually. Yeah, somebody Tick, mentioned. He ticks all the boxes, but he's just not being mentioned in the kind of the kind of pack of four, if you know what I mean. Like amongst mm-hmm. the Waddles and the Chase and the Smith and so yeah. on. Um, yeah. Look for him to sneak into the the, the top of the. I, I I would place him top second. Maybe he sneaks into the the late. Uh, 30, 31, 32 but it depends mm. who's picking there and I don't see yeah. the Chiefs having uh, Chiefs or the Buccaneers having a huge need at wide receiver so I think that's mm. what pushes them into the second round um, mm-hmm. still has some things to develop on but if you were to if you were to build a wide receiver in a factory it would look like Rashad Bateman yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the as well. One of the comments Rich talks about uh, Jabril Cox. For me, I'm not a fan of him. I don't know what you guys think. I'm just no, not a fan. If you ask me a couple, yeah. If you'd asked me a couple of days ago, the guy that I thought wasn't getting a lot of love, and then I've seen it's been splashed all over Twitter today and various people talking about him, is a guy called Jamin Davis yes. from Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. Yeah. Had a hell of a pro day. Yeah. And he's yes. he's he's gone from 
you know, it, the the reports are that he was told he probably wouldn't get drafted, maybe mm-hmm. even would get drafted in the fourth or fifth round. He's now been talked about as a first rounder, mm. as on on the back of his pro day. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, it was a hell know, of a pro day, mind. Yeah, yeah, that's quite some um, rise up up the draft charts. Um, if it, it if you know, I, I, he he does have the tape to prove it as well. So. You know, all these pro days, yes, the numbers are skewed and everything like that, but all yeah. it should do is actually get the guys going, well, he's got good traits. Let's go back and look at the tape and trust the tape, not trust it's, it's the numbers. Trust the pro, pro day numbers. Yeah. I mean, they work some crazy. Now, I took a screenshot because this, and this was a week ago, and I screenshotted it. And he had a four three seven forty. This is a guy, mind, at six three two hundred and thirty four pound. He ran a four three seven, had a forty two inch vert and an eleven pro <laughs> jump. And you just look at that and go, I mean, like, what the hell? Um, <laughs> you know, is it everything is just through the charts? And you know, and he he did play okay. Yeah, he's Kentucky, so you can say a lot about, you know, the conference that they play in is yep. very high spec as well. A lot of big players um, that he's got to play against. But does go from a pro day to be in the first round? I know the numbers are big, but yeah, uh, I just I struggle with you to just like go. And that's why we're going to go and take him in the first round. Not for, you know. <laughs> Like you say, watch the tape, let the eyes do the work. Um, But yeah. But let's get into then, guys. People outside of the top 100. I'll ask you this question and everybody at home as well. There is no right or wrong answer. All right. It just depends on which side of the fence you guys all sit on. Right. Now, some people, um, and we know Paul is very much in this field, that say, the draft is a lottery. I want as many tickets as I can. Um, Cowboys have a lot of picks outside the top 100. The other thing that people say is I want quality over quantity. So when you look, just for argument's sakes, if you just look at the Cowboys roster. Um, so Amari Cooper was taken in the first round. Is he better than Michael Gallup, who was taken in the third round? You would say yeah. Is, Amari, uh, is Michael Gallup, who's taken in the third round, better than Cedric Wilson, yep. who was taken yes. in the sixth round, I think it was. So you just, uh, yeah. and like, is Zeke better than Tony Pollard? You know, it, it, you, so you can look, look at it one way and go, yeah, but I get a lot of, I can get players in day three that end up being really, really good. And yeah, that, I do like that. That comment there by Trump. Rich, that's. Um... Yeah. I think somebody was saying that, you know, Dallas have actually got, and again, this could all be smokescreen. Obviously, there's been the big talk this week that Jerry has spoken to Chris Mortensen and said that, um, you know, he absolutely loves Kyle Pitts. Apparently, Tommy Tremble has actually been saying that Dallas are very interested in him as well. Mm. You know, that they like his skills and... Um, I think he went as far as to say Dallas are in love with him now. <laughs> you know, Interviews, again, be... it's all about the interview. It's all about the yeah. interview. And like, you can't argue that that 
tight end isn't a position of need. Because as we just spoke about at the start of the show, Blake Jarwin is on an air, tore his ACL and he's yeah. not known for being a big blocker. What is he going to yeah. be like now where the best part of his game was his short space and playing down the middle? Down the middle, it, it, it was Blake Jarwin's bread and butter, um, especially deep. ACL tip, what's that going to do with him? <laughs> I like so, where you're going here, Mike. Yeah, yeah I'm not... I'm not we, we can talk about the, the, the KP talk another day because we've beaten that drum to absolute death. Uh, <laughs> I actually, in my opinion, I'm saying he's gone way, way before. I actually think in terms of wide receiver and tight ends, uh, Kyle Pitts will be the first receiver, if you like, um, in that skill position that will go. Yep. B- because he's, that's how good he is. Um, but... Go on, go on, go on. I, th- I think the other thing as well, I mean, you know, we've said that Jarwin's coming back from injury. Schultz is in a contract year. So, you know, he, he could quite easily ball out and then we can't pay him next year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the moment behind those two, we've got the new guy that we've signed from the Reds, uh, sorry, Washington football team, oh. uh, Jeremy. <laughs> if if oh. you sprinkle, when you tinkle, please be sweet and wipe the seat. Um, and we've got Sean McKeon. <laughs> so we we haven't got the depth, and you need you need at least three tight ends on a roster for goal line setup, unless yeah. you're going to be. Uh, bringing somebody in to be an eligible uh, offensive lineman. Well, here's something I was actually looking at, and it's actually something that's been a bit sneaky, and we didn't see it last year for obvious reasons with injuries. But in Green Bay, believe it or not, and Graham has a lot of experience watching Green Bay games. Um, he is our Cowboys um, staff Careful media guy who <laughs> slips under the radar into Green Bay, and he's 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 our Navy SEAL over there. That yeah, um, <laughs> he's like a grain of salt <laughs> in the ocean over there. But um, yeah, that uh, Mike McCarthy like loved his offense. We know that the Green Bay defense while he was there wasn't great, but one of the big things that he did was play twelve man formation an awful lot, like. One of the highest in the leagues. Yeah. And when you look at it, that, and I think this goes in hand with the Jeremy Sprinkle signing as well, is that it's Mike McCarthy trying to get more tight ends because he's going to be using them an awful lot. You need a big, to play 12 man that much, you need a big tight end rotation as well. Um, so I still think that in uh, day three, tight end is still an option. Although, for me, the only two tight ends I'm interested in <laughs> is the first one. But the other guy is obviously uh, Pat Frymove. I, I think yeah. that, that guy, um, you, read a, you read the draft report and you look at his pros and cons and you're just like, that, I've read that report before. And you go back and it's like, ah, Rob Gronkowski. It's exactly the same, you know, not fast, not agile. Um, apart from, you know, with Pat Frymouth, he has issues with drops, uh, a lot of drop passes. I think like 10 drop passes or something, but um, uh, everything else exactly the same. Great blocker. Go on, Gray. 
here's why you should take the Kyle Pitts talk at 10 with a large, large pinch of salt. Uh, I think I, I think I'm going to be speaking for Paul here as well. Right. <laughs> so let's say let's say you're the Eagles. And you hear the Cowboys say, we love Kyle Pitts. Straight away, I'm thinking, well, if the, if the Cowboys love Pitts at 10, we better go up to nine or eight or seven to go and get him. Yep. And then the Cowboys go, brilliant. That's a player we could have had who's not going anywhere because somebody's jumped up to seven, eight or nine to take Pitts. So that means talent falls further down the board because the team jumped up ahead of you to take somebody that you're not really interested in. Mm. But your talent gets pushed down the board. If the yeah. Cowboys really did want Pitts, they would say absolutely nothing. They'd be making noise <laughs> about Waddle, about Chase, about trading down. They would they would keep it quiet. They wouldn't because yeah. the last yeah. thing they want to do is stir up talk about taking Pitts at, at yeah. 10. I, I, I get that the tight end could be addressed. Certainly what you were saying, Mike, about 12-man, but... Um, Plays it loads. Yeah, 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 yeah. But not not with Kyle Pitts because they're, they're trying to get somebody to jump up ahead of them, to take somebody that they're not interested in, which pushes who they do want further down the board. I, I, I don't think there's any kind of substance to uh, Pitts. I get, that he's, I get that he's seen as another another Hall of Famer before he's even caught a touchdown pass. But, um, nah, I don't buy it. I'm not buying it at all. But then again, oh, I, didn't, I, didn't buy, I didn't buy wide receiver at 17 last year. <laughs> well, yeah, but here's a, here's a funny one then, right, guys? Um, because you was talking about Creed Humphrey Bright, a guy yeah. that is literally right on the limit of my top 100, is a guy... That everyone spoke about loads and has gone off the pile since. And that is center Quinn Miners from Wisconsin Whitewater. I think that the Cowboys inside line, um, because uh, Conor McGovern, we haven't got what we wanted out of him. Um, Conor Williams is hot and cold as well. That here's Quinn Miners, who... He held his own in the in the senior bowl, and I think they're not being talked about enough. Uh, yeah. I, a guy um, I, I think could help out. I'm going to completely go the opposite way on this. The guy played college football against dentists, accountants, yes. <laughs> yes. doctors. Yeah. Fair play to him for what he did at the pro or at the senior bowl. Not taking that away. Fair play to him what he did at his pro day, but no way. No, how am I looking at this guy before the fifth round? It's a, it's a, yes. it's a great story, mm-hmm. and that's all it is. It's a story. It's draft season. You have to build up someone romantic that came from nowhere. Adam Shaheen, I think it was two years ago, was this guy that was being talked about. You know, as a tight end coming in, the Bears fell in love with him, picked him. He's gone. He's not even in Chicago anymore. But, so I can't interest you in um, no, a guy who's got great close. traits, whose strength is there. He's got great play strength right throughout his frame as well. Um, a powerful punch and literally started. He is So people have him down the centre 
But he only played centre for like the last yeah. half of last season. He's strictly yeah. a left guard where we yeah. know the Cowboys need help. If I'm... we are looking at a left guard, it has to be a, a pick 10. It has to be. I don't know. Because... I, you, you can't take an inside offensive lineman at 10. That's way you too can. rich for me. You can, and you will have to, because mm, it's a bit rich. I know, I, I, I know, I know, I know the top that you're go- that you're going to say is there's lots of depth and there's lots of tackles and there's lots of guards further down the draft. But look at the Dallas Cowboys when the Great Wall of Dallas two was at its strength. They had four first round O line men on that line. You had Tyron. Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, and Lyle Collins, and a guy, any guy. We now have a banged-up Tyron Smith, a banged-up Lyle Collins, a banged-up Zach Martin. Travis Frederick is retired, and we've been pissing about for the last couple of years with second, third, and fourth-round guys. We're a team who wants to play smash-mouth football, run the ball, and we're still trying to pick third and fourth round guys to fill the need you need to take a first round guy that's that's like nectar just flowing into my ears <laughs> but I don't know I don't know who the who a guard at 10 could be do you get what I mean I, I, guard, guard for me at 10 is just way too rich what Pen, do you think Penny Sewell or um, Rashawn Slater and you have your guy who Graham says it every episode. That's your guy who can fill in when Tyron Smith's missing four games a year. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's anybody that I'd take at ten as a strict guard. I, I think you'd be talking about a, a converted tackle until mm-hmm. obviously you need you need to move him in uh, either to uh, Tyron or. Lyell, you can't. I don't think we can depend on Lyell this year as well. I mean, he he's fought two years ago. He fought through some serious injuries. Um, you know, he, he's he's got a, he's a, he's got the aggression and everything like that. But you can't. You know, the longer you play, the more you're going to get wound down. Um, so somebody like Sue or Slater, you'd probably be looking at at ten. There's nobody I would talk about taking in the first round, probably as a as a direct guard, other than again Vera Tucker. Um, mm-hmm. my, but Vera Miners... Tucker, I actually think, although he's listed as a tackle, I've actually on my board, and we talked about this at the very start, yeah. it's better playing inside. Yeah, I think I think yeah. he is a better guard. Um, Miners, uh, Dane Brugler has actually got him as the second best centre. In his board, and he's got him at number 50, 54 of the top 100 as well. So, you know, you do expect him probably to go second round. I don't see him going first round unless somebody's really going to reach. And it would have to be somebody, the, the way people, if you went him in for him in the first round, it, it'd be somebody taking a punt on him being a Travis Frederick when everybody thought that we were absolutely nuts for taking Travis Frederick in the first round, (laughs) you know, because everybody had him as a third round talent and we (laughs) took him in the first round and everybody's going reach. And lo and behold, for eight seasons or so, he was, he, he was our, um, he was our number one. And, you know, if he'd been able to carry on, probably we'd have been 
booking a ticket to Canton five years after he retired, if he hadn't been sidelined with Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, Miners, I think, you know, physically he could certainly play guard. Playing centre at the moment, when he has been playing against dentists and doctors and all that in uh, the lower divisions, it's maybe uh, a step too far at the moment in terms of the the mental aspect of the game. If you're if you're talking about the the, the move up from Division One to NFL standard, that you know it's so much faster. I think there's there's quite a level between Division Two, II, Division Three, and Division One foot uh, college football. So it might be a step too far in terms of you know being able to pick up. Uh, the formations and who who the the blitzing linebackers are, etc. Um, so mo- moving in as a guard to begin with, probably as I say, day two pick. Yeah. Well, I'm go on, Greg. Let, I'm starting to let free agency kind of creep into my mind an awful lot when I when we talk about ten because for for months now I've wanted either a trade down or a tackle at ten. Mm-hmm. From I mean. Not not going to shy away from that, but I can't get over the fact that we haven't addressed corner yet. Yeah. Um, mm. I I, I think yeah. it I think it leans towards taking a corner with our with our first pick. That's why I mentioned Tevin Jenkins at the top of the show because, yeah. um, I mean, props to Mike because he said it all all draft season long that tackle is deep. And I was actually listening to the ESPN First Draft podcast, mm-hmm. and they said that uh, they were talking about the, the Bengals at the time, and they were saying to Bengals fans, "Don't freak out if you don't take Penny Sewell or Sean Slater." I think is, is it eight the Bengals are. Don't yeah. don't freak out if yep. you don't take a tackle there because you can address tackle later on in the draft. And there's, Hell yeah. I, I'm starting to think that's what we're going to end up doing because. To the to the recording of the show, I still don't see who our third uh, cornerback is because um, I can see Jordan Lewis in the slot. So mm-hmm. you're talking about somebody on the outside who's gone going to come up against a number one or a number two. So you're going to have to address it. They haven't done it in free agency, and I would hate to to kind of roll the dice on the second coming of. Um, Oh, many escapes means uh, oh digs. I mean, if, if we could get a, if we if you could guarantee me a, a digs in the second round, I would I would forget all about it. But we want to watch with digs. Um, and to Mike's point that he said uh, all, all all spring, um, you can get somebody like a Tevin Jenkins to come in and play guard and work as more developmental while taking your corner at ten or the trade back position as well. So my my position is starting to waver uh, simply because we haven't addressed it yet and we're going to have to do it sooner or later because it's thin right now. It really is. Okay. Well, use one for Brian and Lawn. Give me some corners that you like or defensive backs. We'll just do the entire defensive backs that you like on day three. That, I mean, if you haven't got any, I can chuck some out for you if you want. No, I, 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 that was what I was raising my hand about. Like, Graham was saying, you know, if we can find another Trayvon Diggs, I'm going to say the name and I've been saying it all year. Hit me Tyson a day Campbell. three guy. Tyson Campbell. 
because but, okay. I don't think people are talking about him as a day two guy. And I yeah. think he's, he's I think he's a high second round guy, if not a first. I think yeah, he's I've better got him than outside of my top one hundred. Yeah. Um, so I, I so I've got Tyson Campbell one. down as like that day day four, day five guy, right on the limit. Yeah. What what uh, is it that you like about Tyson then? I just think he's he's a fighter. He's he can do everything. He can mm-hmm. he can play man, he can play press. Yes. He can get the ball, he can lay the wood, and I think he's good in coverage. So that is what I would take. Um I think everything it's 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 a bit like the TCU safeties. Everyone thinks Morig is the great guy, and everyone yeah. is saying, "Well, maybe it's Artarius Washington." I'm the same on the two George corners. Um, and for me, I've said it all year: Campbell is ahead of Eric Stokes for me. Yeah, uh, and DJ Dog saying Ben St. Jukes. I like the length. He, yeah. He's a big guy. Yeah. Um, if I try and find it, six foot three. So straight away, mm. yeah. Um, I like that he's still got a long way to go um, mm. in terms of his technique. Um, same with Tyson, mind that it's it's more consistency with Tyson Campbell. Yeah. Um, but mm. go on, Lauren. What what have you got in terms of a defensive back day three that you particularly like? Um, I mean, I've I've not outside of the first two days, I've not really looked at day three in terms of. The, your defensive backs, yeah. Um, ben Benson just uh, um, I'd I'd agree with as well. Uh, the other one there, the dogs talking about Kelvin Joseph. I quite like him as well. Yeah, yeah. There's there's I a couple. Was... Go on, go on, go on, go on. There's there's a couple of sleepers that Dane's got on his. Um, you know, there's an article he posted today with ten sleepers to look at on day three. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them is a guy called Avery Williams from Boise State. Now okay. we've we've mm-hmm. obviously got we've got a good background with Boise State, and then yeah. Shamar Shamar Jean Charles from Appalachian State as well. Mm-hmm. He he led, he led the FBS last year as a senior with 17 passes defended. He only had one interception, but you know our defensive backs at the moment aren't picking the balls off all the time you know when your team leader is uh, uh, carrying three interceptions and spent half the season injured as well or spent six weeks off as well you know yeah. we don't we don't have somebody who um or or i think our defensive backs seem to be taught to to if you're going to let the catch make sure you get the tackle and don't don't um don't Gamble and go for the ball. We haven't had a, yeah. we haven't really had a gambling secondary since probably Dion Sanders and Kevin Smith back in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, before that, you're probably talking Thurman Steves in the early eighties with uh, Everson Walls and Michael Downs and what have you. Um, yeah. So it, our defense is always known to be a sort of bend and don't break. So. Let them walk. Let them march down the field. Make the mistake. Let them make the mistakes. Um, we don't. We, again, we we haven't been a ball hawking secondary. Hopefully that changes this year. But who knows? Yeah, uh, I, I mean another two guys that aren't being talked about in day three that I think would fit 
the Cowboys scheme. You've got Trey Brown, and I know the issues yep. with Trey Brown is he's quite short. He's quite on the small side. Mm-hmm. Um, but the on the but his technique isn't bad. You know, athletic, aggressive, um, kind of has in a in some ways the um, JC Hall mentality of just like you know doesn't care. Not 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 care, but short short memory. You know, where he's just like, yep, that's it. I'm going back out. I'm going to kick ass. He's got that. The, the other guy, Sean Wade uh, from Ohio State. A little bit yes. raw, yep. but everything the Cowboys look for in a corner. And th- that guy is a guy you can get like day six. Uh, day six? Round. <laughs> 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 we got a week-long draft uh, in, in, uh, in round six. Um, I think is where he could be going. Um, and another guy's Hamilcar Hamel Rashad as well. Uh, yeah. from Oregon State. Another guy being um, talked about a little what, bit, too. The two guys... Oregon corners as well mm. are, are, are worth mentioning. Yeah. You've fed uh, Tamandre Lenore and Thomas yes. Spring. I, I'm not a fan of uh, of Lenore. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Maybe I need to watch a bit more of him because people do say that. Uh, that A lot of people are saying that they like him. Anybody in terms of defensive tackle you guys like day three. I've got a couple of guys if you want me to run through some. Or has yeah, anyone got one they want to hit out with? Caden Stearns. K- uh, well, I'm not <laughs> surprised. Well, I'll go Bobby Brown then. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah. But uh, to be honest, if we go if we go Bobby Brown, in terms of Texas AM players, he's probably the only guy I would take. Um, I know you're going to say Callum, Callum Mon, but I've got my thoughts and feelings on Callum Mon. But Bobby Brown, I, I think he could be a little bit of a sleeper, personally. Um, I'm just trying to find my report on him. I usually have all the Aggies players highlighted. Here's one for Why you. Why have Pat. I not got him? Ah, oh, there we go. Bobby Brown. So, like, yeah, um, yeah he's... This guy's huge. He's not huge, but he's just built huge. Um, <laughs> as in the 90s singer. Um, Does he hit like Bobby Brown from the 90s? But going back to what we said at the start of the show about rush defense being an issue, Bobby Brown, he can play the one technique and the three, but his anchor, because he's built so well, the anchor you can provide in the middle of a defensive line to help um, bolster a, a, a rush defense. The only issue you've got is he's got nothing in terms of like a motor, so you're not going to get any pass rush off him. Um, but to play the one technique, this guy, yeah, I, I quite like. And not just because he's an Aggie. I, I quite like Bobby Brown. But who, who have you got, guys, in terms of defensive tackle you would take Dave for me? What about a Tyler Shelvin from LSU? Three hundred sneaky one. Yeah. And he's a sneaky pounds. one. Yeah. I, talk, a sneaky one. Um, I talk about the first guy off the bus. That <laughs> <could> be, <yeah. laughs> 350, 350 pounds, uh, six foot two, and he plays football for Louisiana. So he must yeah. know. I mean, obviously he's he's further down because he's got uh you know he's a pro- he's a project. He's not gonna be uh he, he has had kind of day day two kind of chat yeah um, but i think he's a day three guy um yep. 
but certainly the measurables are there to work with. Yeah. I mean, he is huge. Uh, like Rich says, he's a, he's a, I mean, if it's going to be first guy off the bus, let it be him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, another another, another on, big body, another big body I've got, it's a guy called T- uh, Tadaro Slayton from Florida. Again, yeah, yeah. he's, he's what, 6'2", 330. Um, he yeah. runs a, just just over five second forty, a seven point nine one three cone, which is pretty good for somebody that Not size. Bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so again, he's he's quite capable of getting in the back backfield, changing direction, shifting the play. You know, and uh, a one technique all he needs to do is actually take on the double team, push them back, and let the th- three technique go in and wrap up all the spoils you know i i played one i played one technique and that was basically my focus was i was always good at getting through on a run on a running play but when you're when you're playing um pass rush and everything like that if you can take up two blockers that frees everybody else for single coverage or single man blocking and you know the one technique is probably the most um unselfish position in yeah. defense i think big time yeah even statistically yeah. you know yeah yep. it is but uh, all right what about pass rushes guys because pass rushes are, uh i think for me um day three day four is the sweet spot for pass rushes anyone you got in day three if you want i can hit my guy straight away if you want while you guys have a thing my guy who i like in day three cam sample from two lane um, yep. There's a guy straight away who can give you um, snaps all round. You know, you can rotate him with Randy Gregory. Um, he's a little bit on the heavy side, is the bit that I can I'm concerned about, especially with his high size, height, weight, and speed is an issue. But yes, uh, I like Togi Eye as well. Yeah, um, that was the name I was going to say for a defensive tackle. Go on and hit me with it. What do you like about defensive tackle in day three with him then, Brian? He's just, again, he's a big body, but he's also an athletic body. He's not, mm-hmm. he's he's just over 300 pounds, but he is a lean guy. So he's going to, he's going to fight through the traffic. He's going to, he's going to be able to push that pocket back. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fall out with you when, when I show this, Rich. Uh, Joseph Osai is not a day three player. <laughs> Go and wash your mouth out. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing player. with with Togi Eye is there was with him he was a little bit um, diluted in that defense with everything else going yeah. on around him. But he's not a guy you want to leave on the field on every down. That was no, one thing I noticed, um, and especially when he got left in there. He, you could see, he was getting flushed out. Um, but yeah, I, I like Cam Sample. Have you got anyone, Lorne? I know you were looking through your your sheets there at. Yeah, I've, end. I've got, I've got a couple of guys. Fourth, fourth round again. Chauncey Goldston. Yeah, um, yeah, from, yes. I, from yeah. Iowa. He's yeah. he's actually if looking at the measurables and everything like that, he's very similar to the guy that we were talking, Cam Sample that we were talking about there. Yeah. He's, you know, he, he runs the same time for a, a 40 yard dash, but his 10 yard split is 0. 0.005 faster than sample. So, again, about the 10. 
it is all about the 10 for the offensive lineman. Now, there's a guy, that, as, as a sleeper guy now, Dane's got him listed as a priority free agent, but there's a guy called Chris Garrett who has been playing in Division 2 and averages 1.3 sacks per game in the, in the whole of his college career. So, if he, you know, again, it's... If you're going to take him, you know, that's somebody... We don't know what we've got in Bradley and I because yeah. he never made the field last year. Yeah. Bring him... And once you're out of the fourth round, I think any, you know, anything that you get out of these guys, whether they're contributing in special teams or whatever, is a bonus. You're not looking... Yeah. These are the guys that tend to be cut. We've got 10 picks this year, so you're probably talking that, you know, half half of our picks are probably going to be practice squad or getting, you know, going to be ending up on the street. This is maybe a guy that you bring in, let him compete in training camp. We've we've hit on diamonds in the rough before, uh, so this is maybe somebody to think about. Yeah. Two, yeah. two, two guys I'd, I'd mention as edge, edge guys, um, Jonathan Cooper, Ohio State, another, mm-hmm. another big guy. Another one, and, yeah. uh, Joshua Kindo from Florida State. Oh, right. Okay. Not one I looked at. Yeah. Um, I yeah. didn't think I watched him. I like uh, Ogan Deji as well from Notre Dame. Um, yeah. He's yeah. a sneaky one um, that is, is practically ideal in his measurements, too. Um, yeah. But I those three yeah. guys right in the stack. What Let's about a Chris Rumpf from Duke? Chris Rumpf, yes. Um, yes. I, Ascending. Ascending, no far. He um, has been, yeah. 2018, three sacks. 2019, six and a half. 2020, mm-hmm. eight. So it's projecting. It's, it's projecting upwards. Um, I mean, like like with day, th- day three guys, you're, you're bringing in projects, you know, you're bringing yeah, in situational yeah. guys, but the stats are there for getting to the quarterback, which is what yeah. we're talking about. I, I'm, yep. With Chris Rumpf, it's easy as well. Chris Rumpf just needs to add weight. He's yeah. really light. He's like 220 yeah. pounds and for a defensive end, that is like insanely light. So you think just stick up a bit more weight onto him, try and see if you can maintain the athleticism and the bend he has, and you could have something there. So yeah, the traits are there. It's more of a weight issue with Chris Rumpf. Um, but here's one for you, looking the other way, because this is always a place to look at it. Are you guys happy with what we have uh, behind Dak on quarterback. <laughs> I know it's a controversial subject. See, this, is, this is always this is always a strange one because I'm always of the opinion that if your starting QB goes down, it's season over. Anyway, um, yeah. And yeah. they've they've brought in yeah. they've brought in their guy they've brought in their guy from last year it, the um, Ben Danucci. Yeah, they've brought in Danucci. So. If you're going to bring in a project, let him be a project. I wouldn't say like unless he's unless he's totally tanked in practice and he's just it's just not there. Um, release him and let him go. But yeah. you've, got, you've got to give him some time. I mean, being a seventh round guy, he he is going to need to to work with Dak on a daily basis, uh, just yeah. basically to learn. So um, to bring in anybody, day day two, day. Well, maybe in day maybe in day three, bringing a camp. Day body, three, but, yeah, is what we're um, looking at. Yeah, there's there's a lot of needs. You know, I you think can... I, th- I think historically though, 
McCarthy has been one to always, you always know, he will constantly, constantly has, pick yep. one. Yeah, and yep. I mean, you know, as as Brian uh, pointed out there, you know, Ellinger's going to be there in the third day three. So I mean, he's again whether you go depending on how you look at it with pro football um, focus, the mock drafts there, he's going anywhere at the moment from something like one hundred and fifty four. Right down to two hundred and forty-two. Yeah. So you know he is I, going yeah. to be there, fifth, sixth round. I uh, mean, like the, yeah. like I was saying, like you know, even during the season, to me, I know he's your guy because he's a long runs guy, but that's gone now. Is the draft? Yeah. You know, you've got to remove yeah. all of that. My issue with him, because like I'll I'll happily talk about the issues with. Um, Callum Mon, I got no problems with that because yeah. they're, they're massive problems. We're talking off air about them, but for me, with your guy, the issue there is that he is Tim Tebow just without all the fucking crap that came with it. <laughs> and literally, that's what oh, he no, is. He's a, he's a wildcat quarterback that isn't, <laughs> yeah, you know, like he just he's not bringing the circus with him. And like, yeah, um, because you watch it. He doesn't have a big arm. It's not even he's, average. He's it's not dink, even below he's a dink average. Dunker, yeah. Oh he's yeah. A dink and yeah. And then you say, yeah. well, what what is it that he does? You know, so he's a dual threat. And you just say, yeah, but then his athleticism is only average as well. And you then you just kind of go, so he hasn't got an arm, and he's a, he's an average athlete. And I, I just I I worry about how that works. Not I'm, bad for a guy I'm, in day three that you could take on as a project and build because I'm, what can you do with I'll an arm? You can here, make Mike. an arm stronger. Go on, sorry. Yep. I'll raise a point. We drafted some guy in 2016 who had questionable athleticism, didn't have a big arm, a bit of a dink and dunk. <laughs> we just gave that guy 160 million. <laughs> that was <laughs> slightly just, different. That he he I, Dak should have always have gone earlier. His issues with going later was because of the off-field stuff, which yeah. we don't need to talk about. Yeah, I just I I, I did see one here uh, from DJ Dog. Um, I'm I'm guessing you mean Davis Mills there. Davis and Mills, he would yeah. Be, he'll be long gone. I saw a drop a mock draft. No, day I don't know. Davis Mills, Davis Mills went first round. D- Davis Mills for me yeah. is like he's. I've corralled him. With a couple of others, with the 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 likes of Philippe Franks, who I don't like at all. Um, no, they are, but I I I actually written down Davis Mills from Stanford, a great guy to have down there. If you wanted to leave it even later, like seventh, you know, because the seventh round is that spot where mm. you see Mike McCarthy taking quarterbacks, Ian Buck from Notre Dame. Yeah, there's a guy and you could just throw a dart at. Or KJ Costello. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Look, which of us last year at this stage in the draft talked about Ben DiNucci? None of us. So no, we no, 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 have no, no idea. But we, I, we, no we, idea. Know, we, we know what we have with Costello. Because like, he ran out of Stanford because he couldn't get a job. Went somewhere else, couldn't get a job. So there we are. He's off yeah. my list. He couldn't he could yeah. be at what was there. So I've already got issues with that. Who is, though, right, um, your biggest sleeper in terms of wide receiver you could pick up in day three? I've got my guy. And I... 
Oof, Michael. Wide receiver. Right. Let's I'll be it. honest. I, I, I kind of, I've kind of given wide receiver the wide berth, to be quite honest, because oh. you know, Go like we're, we're stacked. Really? Yeah. Mike, Mike frozen. Mike, Mike's, Mike's frozen. So, so. <laughs> Come on, Graham. Anyone at all or, or Lauren? Right, I'm going Jalen Darden from North Texas. Okay, I've heard a lot about Jalen Darden, so take it on there, Lauren. What have you got? Just um, the measurables for him. Let's see. Where are we? Uh, he's small. He's 507 and a half. Uh, yeah. Only a hundred, only one hundred and seventy-four pound. He runs a four-four-four. Four, yeah. So you're looking at him you know, as a slot receiver. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at yeah. him inside. Um, yeah. Obviously, he's he's got he's got um, a bit of a homer in um, Kyle Humans at the moment with on the draft show. Mm. He's always raving about him. Yeah. Um, he's been posting up some of his game tapes and everything like that. I just like the way he attacks the ball for a small guy. To, you know, he goes up and makes the catch, um, and that's again, that's what you need when you're when you're yeah. somebody who's that small. You've got to you've got to go after the ball. You don't just wait for the ball to come to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I don't know who you guys said. Any of you? What, what guys? Wide receiver wise, did you guys say? We 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 only spoke about one, which was Tyler Jordan. <laughs> Jail. J- well, for me, <laughs> the, 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 for the, the guy who I absolutely love, wide receiver-wise, Anthony Schwartz. Uh, this guy tested mm. off the... Ch- man, whew! People talk about Eskridge. Yeah, I agree. But I think you can wait a couple more rounds, pick up Schwartz. You've got yeah. absolutely... A guy has got a rocket under his ass. That guy is flying. I know you had a guy, Gray. Um... Uh, you was going to mention the name. Uh, who have you got? Uh, um, not only because I like the name, but I'm thinking. I'm thinking what the what the kind of Cowboys core doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're obviously with the Aztecs have been a third round guy. What do you guys think of Tutu Atwell? I love Tatarius Atwell. In love terms it. of He's very speed, nice, yeah. Speedster. Yeah. Um, take the top off I of think, defense. Yeah. I think he'll be gone before the maybe, but I think he'll be gone on day two. Yeah, oh, I don't know. I think, think he'll go to third rounder. Yeah, yeah. I suppose he I can, I can see a rounder. reason why. Yeah. Um, uh, don't sleep as well on uh, Dax Milne from BYU. Was, He's a sneaky no, one. Dax Milne's Dax Milne isn't coming out this year. Yeah, yeah. He's gone back to school. I will have to check that. I'm pretty sure he went back to school. I know mm. I had him as well, but I can't. No, he's sixth rounder. He's on Dane's list. Yeah. Apologies. He's on Dane's list. Yeah. Yeah. You had me thinking uh, for a minute then. I was like, I, no, I don't usually what? mess up like this. Apologies. <laughs> I, 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 I had seen him moved to boards for next year. But um, no. two two guys that I have that um, have had production in college and have slipped under the radar. Amari Rogers from Clemson and Amon yeah. Ra St. Brown. Amon St. Brown. 
Yeah, yeah I've, right. I I can't believe that that they haven't said, but. Um, Amari Rogers, I would say, is probably one of the best slot core, uh, slot wide receivers in this draft. Yeah, we could get the we could get the law firm back together, Amari and Amari. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, well, Amon St. Brown um, is uh, Equiminius's <laughs> younger brother. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. actually three of them, and they're all named after Persian gods, something like that. Okay. So Equiminius is one, Amon <laughs> is one, and then there's the the other brother. Um, I mean, I'm not going to pretend to sound all philosophical and know my ancient to, history there. I don't know the other guy's <laughs> name. Somebody will know him. To pose a question to you guys, see if see if the Cowboys were looking for somebody to come in and play the fourth receiver, what yeah. type of body would you guys be looking for? Would you looking, be looking for a Cole Beasley or no. somebody to take the top off no. the defense? Yeah. Because yeah. And that's why I said Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, for me, for me yeah. the, that's the reason why Cole Beasley is playing in Buffalo right now because mm. – Dak doesn't didn't use him. It was simply yeah, yeah. we didn't. I didn't think they wanted to pay Cole Beasley the money that he wanted, versus yeah. the amount of attention that Dak gave to him. Because I think all the underneath stuff is going to be covered by CD Lamb. So yeah. you're you're wanting some like you guys. I think it's a, a speedster on the outside. Yeah, and Anthony Schwartz but- is a literally a pure speed guy. That is what he is, and his his route tree is literally nine route. That's it, and yeah. you're like, there we go. But and I, and I can't remember. He tested in the four twos. I swear he did. His pro day, his pro day was like four two something or other. And I was like, there we go. There's your guy, um, Mike. Talk yes. to us about Seth Seth Williams from Auburn. I like Seth Williams. I I don't know. See, how, let me get how, my... we not mentioned him yet. I do like I do like Seth. Um, yeah. Let me get my report yeah. on him. Where is he? Where is he? Where? How high have I got him? So we're talking about Seth Williams from Auburn. Um, yeah, there we go. I've got him. I got him. He, he's just—he's literally on the very edge of my top one hundred. Because um, yeah. he's he. The the issue you've got though for the Cowboys is he's an X receiver, and we've got we've already got our X. <laughs> you could say, yeah, but he, he is natural. He's a natural wide receiver. Um, mm. His big issue is separation. He doesn't separate. Yeah. Um, but it depends. <laughs> JB's there. Um, his issue, it, but everything else, he does well. And he's <laughs> typically prototypical. Uh, he's just missed that one. You've missed the boat on that one, Jay. So we did so, actually so talk, talk about him. To, to talk about it again, Jamie. We've we've all we've 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 agreed and come to a consensus that Sam Ellinger should be the tenth pick of the draft <laughs> to back up Dak Prescott. Yeah, the the only issue I've got with Seth Williams on mine, um, so uh, on his separation, on his release. So that's what it is with his issues is his agility, but it's his release, and his his release is down to having stiff hips. Is that and that's all I've got down on him. Yeah. Um, limited route tree. That'll be because of how he, he he's used. But the the guy's six two and over two hundred and twenty yes. pound. So he's a big guy, you know. Um, yeah. To give you an example, his comp for him for, uh, that I gave him was Lake uh, Laquan Treadwell, and I know that's scary because he didn't have a good career. But you think of the type of receiver that that Treadwell was. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm not. I'm not comparing oh. it. I'm not comparing like careers more than yeah, more than talk times. of talk of Trent Wilson's a shiver down the spine. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, he's yeah. not going to be that. Like, they're just they're that oh. type in, in physicality wise, you know. Um, but the, before we finish it up, unless you you got some others, who is and I've got one that is completely massive, and I cannot believe um, that he's this far down who's of all of this in day three the biggest sleeper that's waiting there and you think if the cowboys took him okay and i've got my guy but i'm gonna ask all of you um mine is extremely controversial so <laughs> who have you got guys in terms of just the biggest sleeper on day three anyone or do you want me to give you mine I am looking at one of the linebackers from Ohio State. Okay. So I'm looking get... and 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 the, the the one I would go for and I think he could start first day is Pete Warner. I quite like Pete Warner. I think I have yeah. him uh yeah. highlighted on mine. That's not a bad shout. He needs a lot of um, of other parts. Like he's mm-hmm. not going to be the driving force. He needs the re- he needs other driving yeah. parts for him to work. But to slot in, yeah. If you've got everything yeah. else, so that's why I worry if the Cowboys took him, uh, how effective he'd be. Uh, have you got anyone oh. who's a big sleeper for you, Gray? What about Ifetu Melafonwu? Yeah, from Syracuse. Six two, yeah, uh, two twelve, um, high upside. Yeah, the, I actually have him in my top one hundred. In fact, he's in my that, top fifty. That's the, that's the fear is that he would be a a, a day two guy rather than a mm. day three. But like, but like if he's in the day three, yeah, if 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 he's if he's sitting there, the the start of day three, I'd be on the phone. Yeah. You know, because yeah. at the start of day three, you're thinking, right, we've had the night to think about it. Everybody's reset their board. Um, who's who's still there? Who who's who's at the top of the board? And if if uh, Melifon was there, pick up the phone, Jerry. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, what about you, Lauren? Have you got a big sleeper for you? Again, I, th- I think line- I'd be going linebacker again and somebody like uh, Cameron McGrone from uh, Michigan. Um, again, again, he seems to, you know, he seems to have a good instinct for the ball um, yeah. and getting in position to make the plays. Uh, and again, he has that sort of versatility that uh, Michigan sort of played, this, again, this sort of hybrid defense that we were they were talking about that you know that some of the time they were in a four three, then they went out um, a three four. So I, yeah. again, that takes a bit of um, intelligence traits, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. So again, that's somebody yeah. that could be thought of. Yeah. All right. Um, then I'm, my I'm, guy. I'm, I'm going to throw another linebacker in here because we need linebackers. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Dylan Moses. Yeah. I think he's going to be there on day three. Do you and know, I know you hate the, you hate the pick, Mike. But I don't hate the pick. My, the trouble is, is like I don't know 
of all the guys in this year's draft, he's the hardest to evaluate. Yeah. Really hard. Because, well, like, you can go if, through it year by year. That it, it, yeah. is freshman year, you could be like, this kid could go in round three. Um, you go to his sophomore year, you're like, this is a first round guy. And, like, I, I loved him. I, I, like, I was like, I can even remember being yeah. out. I was out with my brother. And I had a notification come through in the off-season. And it was Dylan Moses goes down, non-contact injury in practice. And I was like, no. And it was bad. It was a bad mm. one. And so you don't see him as junior. His fourth year, he comes out. And bear in mind, in his second year, he was the leader of that defense. He mm. was unbelievable. Brilliant tackler. Range, speed, north, south, east, west, had it all. Amazing. And you were like, like he was a top five player going into the draft. Then all of a sudden, he comes back from that injury. And it, there's, there's nothing there. Like running backs are going through him. He's struggling to get there in time. The instincts are there. Just the speed, agility, even just like the tackling technique has all got. And you're just like, what do I do with this? And I, I honestly, I've got him go, seventh round. Cause, and I just, I still don't know. Do you make that higher? Does it, is it low? I, I just, I just don't know what to do with it. And it's sad yeah. because I love the guy. And I was excited to see what he was going to do in his junior year. I was like, here we go. And I, I can yeah. remember, I can be going out and seeing that and just being like, oh no. Bad yeah. stuff. No, but then so, my guy, very, it, very similar in, in that respect, but for different reasons, which we won't get on Yeah, just that there was off-field stuff between him and his coach, and that's all we need to say. But my guy is the running back, Chuba Hubbard. And I know that his stats and everything were down this year. And you think about what we've got with Zeke and Tony. You put Chuba in there with the added thing. And I think that all the things, all the stuff that happened that went wrong this year for Tuba wasn't that he forgot how to play, right? Cause he didn't forget how to play. Cause the guy the year before was a first round player. He, you could even argue he's RB one on the board and people were talking yeah. about that. And then yeah. last year it, there's nothing. And it's not that he yeah. forgot how to play or any of that. I think that he, because of what happened in the off-season with his coach's comments and all the rest of it, I think that just in his mind just went, and I'm not playing for you. But it's too yeah. late at that point. Yes, it's messed himself up in a draft, but I think it was more of a psychological thing that happened within between him and his coach off-field, and that is why he didn't want to play. It was more of that he didn't want to play rather than he could. And I think that whoever gets him, is getting the biggest steal of the draft. They're getting a first rounder in day five. That so long as you, round five. So long <laughs> as you can look past it, because some teams will see that as a red flag. Yeah. Yep. And it is the other side of it, yeah. Yeah. Like, if he gave up on his college team, and I mean, yes, coaches are part of us, and, like, myself and Lauren as Longhorns fans, we know players gave up on our coach this year. But you don't give mm. up on your teammates. You don't give up on the guys who you go out onto the field and fight with. You know, and if, if that's if that's what happened with Hubbard, 
teams are going to look at that and go, can I rely on this guy? No, I can't. Um, yeah, it, it was a very to, awkward to one. Jamie's, yeah, kind of to Jamie's question here, which is who is the guy expected to be drafted but could potentially become an undrafted free agent, there's a guy who could, yeah. you know, because yeah, yeah. Ulti- ultimately someone will give him a chance. It doesn't yeah, matter if it's yeah. undrafted or low round. Someone will give him a chance, but he could could go undrafted. It all depends on how he interviews in the in the next few uh, next few weeks or so. I, I see DallasCowboys.com are planning on putting the virtual interviews up again as well on their feed. Um, so I mean, you know, somebody like that who does have the the red flag. Concerning his his uh, effort in the year, um, or you know, his his want to play for a team and stuff like that. Obviously, he needs to pick up the pace when uh, when he's having these interviews and try and rest anybody's um, worries about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. uh, yes, there we go. Then that is day three. Now next week we've got RJ Choi from Blogging the Boys joining us um so that would be interesting and to just spice things up before we get fully ramped up for draft day it's going to be the uk cowboys mock draft round two uh so we've got that with rj uh should be interesting um pay a few the bills and then we'll get everybody to move on um yes uh first of all cowboys experience if you're going to a game this year make sure you book it through cowboys experience they got game day tickets stadium tours and tailgate parties you guys ain't gonna want to miss and all you have to do to get something a little extra special is say the word uk cowboys and get free stuff Stuff. don't be a clown Use the get code, free, get free, free stuff. stuff. Yes. And, of course, the big show. Uh, and you can see it ticking across the bottom. Draft day, 29th of April. Uh, here in the UK with UK Cowboys. Have you seen us advertising it? Starting at half past seven in the morning on draft day, which is the Thursday. And going through till the next day, 24-hour show. All in aid for NHS. Um, make sure you join us. we got... Uh, giveaways, guests, the whole shebang. In the next couple of weeks, um, we're getting everything pinned down. The guest list is massive. <laughs> For 24 hours, it needs to be. Um, yeah. the, the giveaways we've got and the competitions we've got and things for everyone to get involved with is just through the roof. Um, it's taken a whole lot of planning. Um, but make sure you join us on that day throughout the day. Um, should be a lot of fun. Um, that, but that last half past six to half past seven, we're going to need all the help we can get, folks. <laughs> I know. Do you know we're what was funny need as all well? The help we can, get. can you ever remember the film? Um, oh, the film where he's the police officer. What's it called? You know the guys from Shaun of the Dead, and they do the film with the police officers oh, and, and in the little town. That's hot it, hot fuzz. And you know he goes into the police station. And you've got, I forget the, the the actor's name. And he's all prim and proper. He looks all right. He's great. And he's just sitting behind the desk. And he's just, uh, you're all right. At the end, he comes in in the morning. And he's a totally different cop. He's bloodshot eyes. His ears like a bag of chips. And he just looks whacked. 
that was what it was like last year when we just did a seven-hour show uh, during the draft. Everybody at the fr- beginning was fresh, and by the end, we looked like that guy out of Hot Fuzz, just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be a lot of fun. We'll enjoy it. We'll uh, we'll get on and do it all and have a laugh with it be loose all the rest of it um but yes that's all to come more news coming on that as it comes out as it breaks and we get further into it but that is it for this week guys from myself from brian lawn and graham this has been uk cowboys tv we'll see you all next week for the mock draft see you next time good night everyone see you next time guys